Uh, so for those of you who may not know who I am really well, my name is Daniel, uh, and I am actually the youth pastor here at, at CLF. Uh, and on occasion, when literally there's no other option in the world, they let me preach around here. <laughs> I'm actually joking. Uh, I, I get to speak all the time. It's just usually not on Sundays. It's with our youth. They're fantastic. So I'm usually speaking midweek, but not on Sundays. However, here I am. You're stuck with me. So, yeah, amen, right? <laughs> So I've been the youth pastor here now for seven years. Isn't that a long time? That feels like a long time to me. <laughs> seven years is a very long time. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but um, e- even more impressive, I, uh, five years ago, actually, my wife and I got married. This is five years that we've been married. Uh, her name is Ashley. For those of you who've met her, she's fantastic. She's not with us today. However, she wishes that she could be. She's all the way on the other side of the country in Ontario, uh, and uh, so she's visiting her best friend. Actually, her best friend's sister flew her out. Like, um, we got kind of like split the cost of the ticket to surprise her friend on her birthday. And so she like got to, she sent me a video yesterday and she surprised her best friend. Uh, and uh, it was super, super sweet and just awesome. So we wish she was here, but I'm also glad that she's there. Uh, and um, of course, uh, my son Quintino, who's sitting in the back with one of his buddies, he's here, uh, and uh, that's our family. But uh, my family doesn't just compose of the three of us, uh, and I'm not just talking about uh, our two dogs, Sirius and Parker, who some of you have known, they're getting world famous. Um, Ashley and I have been foster parents for the past four years now. Uh, and uh, we absolutely love the work that we get to do in our community with the different children and, and families that we work with. Uh, we think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but Ashley and I actually aren't the only foster parents here at CLF, nor are we the only foster parents on staff here at CLF. Perhaps you know Blair and Angela are also foster parents. Blair is our uh, lead pastor and Angela is our children's director. Uh, and both of our families have seen just this incredible avenue of ministry through foster care. And so if any of you ever want to chat about foster care, if you've got questions, uh, or you're looking for answers, or you're just curious, please come chat with any of us, and we'd love to share with you about just that avenue of ministry that God's been able to show us for our city. So we absolutely love that work that we get to do. But today, I actually wanted to take a moment to talk about a really special word, and this word has actually come out of um, Ashley and I's life uh, just in the past few years, and it's become extremely important. So inspired by Ashley and my son, Contino, I've titled today's message, Adoption. And we're going to be going to the book of Romans today. So if you've got your Bibles, you can already turn to Romans. Let me see here. So the message that I'm sharing today is is, is a special one that is not just for me, and it's definitely not just for you, it's not just for us, but this message is for every single person in the entire world. And it comes from the Word of God. For those of you that have your Bibles with you, turn to Romans. We're in chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. But first, I'll talk just briefly about the author in this moment. His name is Paul, uh, and I think that when Paul wrote chapter 8... In Romans, he was having a really good day. Is anyone having a really good day today? A few of you? Yeah, we all know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, we, I think that a good day deserves a good clap. I think that we all know, at least I hope that we know recently, what a really good day feels like. And I think that Paul here is having a really good day, and you can tell by the words that he uses. You can practically catch the excitement, or at least I can, and I hope that you can too, as we read through it. So, I think his choice of words are incredible. Let's take a peek. 
says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, that's kind of like us, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, to daughtership. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If you're taking notes today, our first point is that we are rooted. See if we can get it up there on the screen. Oh, am I ahead? I'm ahead. No, there it is. We are rooted. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to pray right now, and then I'll get back to my word, okay? Levi. No, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, for those of you listening online, someone here needs some prayer, and so we're going to pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for Levi. Uh, I don't know his circumstance, nor many of us, but God, you do. So God, I ask that you would do what you do best, and God, I ask that you would protect him, that you take care of him, and you'd see that he is under your spirit, God. We just pause and we just let God, you do, you do what you do. But we ask from the bottom of our heart that you'd show your love in this moment, your compassion in this moment, and your greatness in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. So our first point from our passage of scripture today is that we are rooted. As, as a people who've been filled with the Spirit of God, we are rooted. We live a little differently. We're rooted to his spirit. And it's interesting that Paul puts the onus on us. And he says, but if by the spirit you put, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. He says, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Not the spirit, but you. You see, just by having the Holy Spirit isn't enough, but allowing him to influence your actions and to affect the way that you think and live is essential to being rooted to the Spirit of God. I hope this is making sense. We are rooted. And because we are rooted by the Holy Spirit, that means that we are different. We need to understand that as a people, as a church, we live a little differently. We walk a little differently. We talk a little differently. There's just certain things that people who have been filled, people who've been rooted, people who have fastened themselves to the Word of God do. And and, um, if you have a moment today or, or throughout the week, actually, I want to encourage you to do some homework. Colossians chapter 3 elaborates on what it's like to be a new creation as someone who's been made new. And if you're rooted to the Spirit of God, your life should look a certain way. For example, generosity should abound in your life. Patience should abound. You should have life-giving conversations with people. Things such as deceit and lying should be so far from your life. There's a certain way that a rooted person lives that looks a whole lot different than before they were rooted or even than someone who's been uprooted. 
There's certain things that as a Christian you just don't do. And as someone who's been rooted and has a relationship with God, there's certain things that you have to put behind you. It's your choice to not do them. And that's what Paul is emphasizing here. You see, you have the Holy Spirit, which means you're not bound to the ways of the flesh and the ways of this world anymore. You've got the Holy Spirit, but it's up to you to live like you're rooted. You have this choice to live a life like the Spirit you're rooted to. Let me say that again. You have a choice to live a life like that Spirit that you're rooted to. And the second point for our note-takers today is that we're related. Listen close. In verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Say those words with me. Children of God. This is big. We're not just talking about friendship here anymore. We're not just talking about being a friend of God. We're talking about being related to God. We're talking about being a son, about being a daughter. You are a child of God. Listen, church, you are a child of God. In his eyes, you are his child. You've been adopted by God. And the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, to daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. What an incredible term of endearment. Abba, Father. But where have we heard this before? A few places. But where I think of is in the book of Mark, where Jesus is in the garden and he's crying out for help right before the cross, right before he's betrayed by one of his own, right before his innocent blood was shed on our behalf, Jesus cries out, Abba, Father. And now we're being told that we're allowed to use that same sort of terminology. We're being told that we're allowed to use that same sort of language. The same people that were once slaves to sin. We're being told that we can now fall on our knees in the midst of whatever is going on in our lives, whatever hardship we're experiencing, and cry out, as Jesus did, Abba, Father. See, we're not just friends. I am a son. I am a daughter. First, you are rooted to the Holy Spirit. Second, you are related to the Father. He's adopted you, and he loves you as his child. Let that sink in for a moment. He loves you as his child child. Paul's audience of readers varies, obviously. It's an old book, right? Uh, In fact, we're still a part of that audience today, and the next generation and the next generation will be a part of that audience, and so on. But Paul's more immediate audience would have been that of the Roman society. And so sometimes when preachers preach, they like to look back to that immediate audience and see kind of how it would have sounded. And it would have sounded a little bit differently back then, but quite similar in some ways. So Paul's audience was that of the, immediate audience was that of the Roman society. Now in Roman society, adoption was not a foreign concept. It wasn't necessarily prominent either, but it was understood. You see, kids are expensive to raise. All the parents in the house said, amen. Kids are absolutely expensive to raise, both now and back then. Unfortunately, uh, many of the families in the Roman society didn't have enough to support their kids. And and so because of this, some children were unfortunately, very sadly, abandoned, Um, which which is incredibly sad. 
Um, but if, if you were a, a rich or a prominent family, it was important that your children be heirs of your property and your possessions. Um, but uh, since not all, ch- not all families had the ability to have children, uh, they used adoption as a way to kind of get around this problem. Uh, and uh, it was a good fix, and, and it made sense for the time. Uh, they, they would adopt the child into their home, and that child would become an heir of their inheritance. They would publicly adopt these children through a formal process where the child would become their child, and in doing so, that child wouldn't only just move into their home, but that child would become an equal heir um, to a naturally born child within their family. So this is an incredibly powerful illustration that Paul puts forward as he uses the term adoption, both back then and now today. We are God's children. Doesn't that fill you with life? Doesn't that fill you with hope? I am a child of God. I am a son. I am a daughter. And our first point this morning is that we are rooted. And our second point is that we are related. And our third point is that we are receptive. In verses 16 and 17, it says this, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Say that with me. God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. See, the great news about this adoption isn't just the new name basis that we are now on with our Heavenly Father. It isn't just the fact that you've graduated from being a mere friend to now being a son or a daughter. It's so much more than that. The great thing about this adoption is that you are an heir. The same things that were promised to Christ are now promised to you. The same power that Jesus moved and operated in is released in on and over you. If you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, let it be this. The same things that were promised to Christ are now promised to you. The same power that Jesus moved and operated in is released in on and over you. This is important. You are an heir of God if you choose to suffer with Christ. Then one day, you too will be glorified. Then one day, too, you can step into what your Father has created and purposed you for. Think deeply about that. Then one day, you can step into what your Father has created and purposed you for. You were created with a purpose. Never forget that. The great thing about this adoption is the inheritance that comes with it. If we only choose to receive it. If we only choose to come alongside and suffer with Christ. See, being a child of God automatically qualifies you to an heir as to what he has in store for you. And let me promise you this, God has an incredible inheritance set aside for you. Let me just focus here for a moment. Adoption is beautiful. I think that the idea of adoption is near and dear to the Father's heart. Each one of us in in this room at some point in our lives have been separated from God and stuck in a life of sin. But for many of you, you've been saved by God. You've been adopted into the family of God. And in turn, you've been saved from your sin. Not that you'll never sin again, but, but rather that the penalty for your sin has been covered by the grace of God through what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. Yeah. Our Father God is more than a friend. He's 
a dad who, who loves you deeply, which makes you his son, which makes you his daughter. I keep saying that for a, a reason this morning, because sometimes we forget our place in the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters. And this dad, he's pretty well off. This inheritance, this inheritance is different than a normal inheritance that we think about. It isn't going to allow you to build your dream house. It isn't going to allow you to retire before you're 50. But this inheritance is going to enable you to do things beyond anything you've ever hoped or imagined. God's inheritance will release you from the shackles to, uh, of slavery to sin. You've been adopted. You are loved. You are a child of God. Studying this scripture over the past few days has really encouraged me. I'm strengthened to know that I am rooted to the Spirit of God. I am filled with great hope at the fact that I'm related to God. I'm a son. I'm a child. And I'm receptive to the mission God's given me, no matter how hard it is. And I can't be the only one in the room, right? I'm receptive to the mission that God's given you, no matter how hard it is. I hope I'm not the only one in the room. Now, I'm lucky that I have been blessed with an amazing earthly father. His name is Scott. And actually, just a few weeks ago, I was in Manitoba, uh, and I was able to give my dad this huge bear hug before leaving again, uh, just hoping that we get to see each other at Christmas. He loves me, and I love him too. And to think that my heavenly father looks down upon me with an even deeper and more profound love than my earthly father— blows my mind. See, we are rooted, we are related, and we are receptive. But in order for us to receive the inheritance that he has for us, we need to willingly suffer for his name's sake. It's as if you're inheriting the family business. And my hope is that we could do near as good a job as Jesus. Have you ever heard You've got, you've got your mother's eyes, or maybe you've got your dad's hair. For some of you, are really hoping that you don't get your dad's hair. <laughs> See, it'll be something else. People never say your dad's hair. Something different. Dad's height. Something. I'm not sure. Dad's humor. I hope not that one, too. <laughs> some of you, or pardon me, church, my, my hope would be that when you're looked at, people would be able to recognize the rooted, related son of daughter, son or daughter of our Abba Father. Never forget that you are a child of God. And when people look at you, they'll have the opportunity to see God through you. Not that you are God. Remember, you're a child. And you don't have his eyes. Right? You don't have his height. You don't have his hair. But if you're rooted to the Spirit of God, you're definitely going to show the world around you how incredible our Father God is. Now today, we have the great privilege in taking part in the celebration of communion. Perhaps when you came in, you got one of these guys here. Uh, if not, I think there's a few more around. And... Uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, and the many of us who need the reminder, communion is a time that we take corporately. It's usually once a month. It doesn't need to be. To remind ourselves 
to remind ourselves um, of what Jesus did on the cross for our sins, his sacrificial death. See, the, the, the breaking and eating of the bread has to do with Christ's body being broken on the cross, and the drinking of the cup was to do with shedding Christ's blood, whereby we are forgiven. And the primary purpose of communion is to take time to remember all that the Lord did for us. It's a time to worship and give thanks for the forgiveness of our sins and the new life and relationship that we have in Jesus. But additionally, it's a time to forgive. It's a time to forgive others. And I have a feeling that this one hits a little bit differently this morning in today's climate. In order to be forgiven of our sins, we must be forgiven, or we must take time to forgive those that we need to forgive. I'll leave that with you, though. Even though we do this corporately, it's completely personal between you and God. It's also my responsibility to remind you who should be taking part in communion today. You see, the parameters to participate are simple but substantial. Any of you who believe that Christ alone is the Lord and salvation of your life, that's it. This means that some of you may actually not want to participate today, and that's okay. And I just want to take a moment to to address somebody here, or perhaps somebody here, or maybe somebody who's watching online. If you have not yet made the choice to give your life to Jesus, please, after the service today, please come chat with me. Please come chat with Pastor John. Please chat with whoever invited you or sent you this link to watch online. Uh, And they, or myself, or Pastor John, or whomever would love to, I'm sure of it, walk you through that decision to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior, the greatest decision any of us will ever make. And we're going to read what the Bible says here, and then we'll partake of the elements together. It's out of 1 Corinthians. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We can partake together. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's partake together. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord, for adopting us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the family. Thank you that we can refer to you in the same way that Jesus did, Abba, Father. Thank you that we are rooted. Thank you that we are related. Thank you that we can receive what you have for us. Lord, I pray that these truths today would take over the way that we live, the way that we pray, the way that we give, the way that we serve. Lord, I pray that everything that we do from this day forward would be a reflection of the truth that we are more than friends. We are your sons and we are your daughters. God, today we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to worship you for. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.